Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 65 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a black perspective. We're so glad you're joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Global Creative Community Branding and Marketing Academy. We offer branding and marketing services to independent authors and creative professionals like us, including valuable ebooks, online training, and small group and one-on-one coaching. You can find out more with the link and QR code in the show notes. Keith and I have also published several fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, and nonfiction books. Very soon, we're offering a Spotify website where you can preview and purchase our books outside of Amazon. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Good to be here again. Okay, this week, we're going to discuss what we think are the top five news stories, as hard as it is to choose just five. The Israel-Hamas war... This is for Monday. Right, I'm sorry, this is for Monday. It's the top story for Monday. The Israel-Hamas war is splitting opinions all over the world. While most people believe that Israel has the right to defend itself against terrorist organizations such as Hamas, more and more people are now also realizing that Hamas is not the same as the regular Palestinian population that that is taking the the brunt of the results of Israel's military operations in Gaza. Although President Biden and our partners in the Middle East and North Africa are helping, are helping by sending trucks of aid to Gaza, it is not nearly enough. The global anti-Semitism and Islamophobia are exploding and threatening to both populations. Some of our feelings about Israel and Palestine go back to the history of the entire region. Back decades and even centuries, a lot of people do not know that the King of England back just before World War One, that was he like this. He did this like 1913 or 14. Said that Israel had had the right to become a state in that region. Okay, and so that was long before 1947 when um, Israel actually took part of the uh, part of Palestine and set up its own state. It was Israel. a colony at the time. It was it was a colony at the time, and when it did that, it displaced. Tens of millions of Palestinians just moved them out. Uh, they had to move out of their homes. They moved out of their, they lost their businesses and all that. And they literally became refugees in their own country. And so, even though Israel, that, actually that's the way a lot of countries started, including the United States. So that, so the Palestinians have been refugees and occupiers of their own land for decades. Right. And I think also it's important to note that when, when, as we mentioned, Britain, of course, as a colonial power, has been forever, um, and it, that was a, a British colonial province at, right. call, at the time. But it's also important to note, and there's, there, and there's three books by an, a phenomenal author who, who was a columnist for Israeli. I think it's Haaretz. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name was Tom, Tom Segev, and I reordered his three books on the history of, mm-hmm. of, of Israel and this Israeli war, etc. But one thing he also points out is that when they were when the British were pulling out and they were conducting negotiations about what came afterwards, right? Okay, they 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 negotiated with the, the, the basically what they did. The the Arabs 
culture was much more foreign to them right. than the exactly. Israeli. Israeli exactly. were more closer to European. Right. They felt more comfortable negotiating with the Jewish population because they're closer to the European model. So that's also, I mean, also, also, also the Arab, the darker skin. So that's why, and that's and, also... And many Muslim, of them are Muslim, although there are a lot of Arab Christians. Right, exactly. So that's why I also had a lot to do with why they were shoved aside. And again, we always emphasize and almost feel compelled to emphasize nobody's supporting terrorism, thinks terrorism is good. Nobody, that the, the things that Hamas did are very bad. They're horrific. There's right. no doubt about that. But... What I think a lot of Palestinians and other Arab supporters, not just Arab supporters, just supporters, peers are pointing mm-hmm. out is that nobody's arguing that. Right. But when these same sorts of atrocities happen and have happened for decades to Palestinians, the same outcry does not happen. Exactly. And, exactly. and so the, the Palestinians who, ba- or who it is already acknowledged, they're living under apartheid. Right. They're living in an apartheid state. It's also something which I know many Israeli and Jewish supporters get upset, but I did a column once in Fort Lauderdale, very supportive of the fact that Nelson Mandela was, was, being, was being released. I was right. in South, South Florida at the time. Well, I, I received a number of columns who were opposed to Mandela because Mandela was friends with was the Palestinian leader at the time. The, oh, the PLO. Uh, the PLO, know. right. The leader, of the, the leader of the PLO. They did, weren't acknowledging that the PLO, same thing as Fidel Castro, right, and right. the Cubans are upset with me as well because, once well, again, they they opposed the Castro. But these were the folks who supported Mandela. The United right. States did nothing. But in addition to that, all, and just wrapping up real quick, what was real is, and the, and nobody wanted to talk about the fact that Israel provided military hardware to the apartheid South African right, government, which right. they used against the, the, the black South Africans right. to murder them. Right. So there are reasons when they're wondering why people are upset. Right. And sometimes why many, you know, blacks sometimes take the side of the Palestinians is because we understand what, we know what apartheid is. Right. And we know right. what when you have no rights, when they can't, when they can't regulate their own water, when they can't conduct their own elections, people are beginning to realize when you're starving the population right. there, right. when they can't get food, when they can't get water, when you're cutting off the, the fuel, right. when you, when, and as you pointed out, they, they, the trucks, they, they need much more right. health than what they're, they're getting. There are rules of war. Yeah, and, and we have to. We need to wrap right. this section up. But just today, I was looking at a lot of countries and a lot of people who who are listened to are saying that yes, Israel is trying to go after Hamas, and Hamas is located in Gaza. But they are. But at the same time, Israel is committing acts of what, what, what's what's the word illegal acts of war. Yeah. Okay, because and and Hamas did this deliberately. They're hiding among the regular population. Yeah. And so if you go in and kill some people in Hamas, you're also killing 500 regular yeah. Palestinians. Yeah. And Lindsey Graham said, "Well, no, that that's what happens in war, you know." Mm-hmm. And th- those kinds of things. And another Republican senator says says that we need to um expel all Palestinians from the United States as if all Palestinians were Hamas. Didn't we do this in World War II with J- Japanese Americans? Exactly. Didn't we do this in World War One with German Americans? Right. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're going to come back to this. Believe right. me. There's uh, so much to talk yeah, about. There's so much right. to talk about. Going on to Tuesday. This is exciting. The UAW and GM General Motors came to a tentative agreement after Ford and Stellantis, also known, formerly known as Chrysler, reached similar agreements the week before. This was the first time there were simultaneous strikes by the UAW against all of Detroit's big three automakers. 
based and usually they would strike one or another of the big three, but never all at once. Based on record-breaking profits for the for the automakers in the past few years, and the fact that the automakers made huge concessions, the auto workers, I should say, made huge concessions in 2008 and 2009 when two of the three, two of the big three, were near bankruptcy. Ford was not near bankruptcy, right. but the Chrysler and GM had to be bailed out by the right. government. The UAW... And that was the second bailout for Chrysler. Yes, that was the second bailout for Chrysler. The IACOA helped with the first one. (laughs) Um, The UAW initially asked for 40% raises for the auto makers, for the auto workers. They they ended up agreeing to about 26% raises over the next four years, as well as the end of the two-tiered pay system, and also cost of living adjustments and more benefits in job security. And a lot of people don't don't remember that part of the thing with the bankruptcy when they were bailing out the auto companies, the Chrysler and GM, <clears throat> they agreed to a two-tiered payment <clears throat> pay system where <clears throat> new hires would be paid like $10 an hour less than the current ones. And so you're working right next to someone who's making twice as much, well, not twice as much, but a whole lot more money than you are to do the exact same job. And, and I don't remember the exact specifics, but also it was a long time if ever, before they could even catch up and make a difference. Right, exactly. So it's, it, like, exactly. it wasn't like after a year, then you're on par. Right, It, did, right, it didn't right, happen right, like that. Right. And the other thing, real quick, of course, we talked about they, they initially were asking for 40% raises. The reason is because corporate... Corporate made 40%, made 40% more. more. And mm-hmm. so Sean Fain, the, the, the president of UAW, yes. said, you got 40%. Why we should we? get, we exactly, get 40%. Exactly, exactly. And so, like I was saying when, when this was first announced, you usually when you're in negotiations, you ask for more than what you think you're going to get. Or or, or you ask for more so that you, you have room to move down. So this 26%, that is huge. Oh, huge. Just in your paycheck. You never see that. You never see that. You know, 26% raise plus more benefits plus not the end of that two-tiered system which was would was not would not make was not making the auto workers happy. And plus cost of living adjustments and plus more benefits and job security. All the big things they asked for, right. they really got. They really got everything that they asked for and Sean Fain, Sean Fain was just He's, I mean, he has, he did this masterfully. And something else that happened this week, before we move on to the next topic, is that the auto workers at Tesla in California are organizing to maybe form a union. That is huge. Because another thing that we forgot to say is that part of in this, in this bargaining is that they are free to, open, to, to have unions at the plants that make electric vehicles. Because everybody's saying electric vehicles are going to come from China and they're going to be the end of, of the automakers and all that kind of thing. Especially Trump is saying that. Of course, that's not true. They're making electric vehicles right here. But also, but a lot of times in non-unionized plants. And so now the part of this agreement is they can go into those non-unionized plants that are making electric vehicles, unionize them, which means those workers will see huge in, increases in their salaries and benefits. Right. And I think that, that this what Sean Fain has helped to promote, and, and we hope to see this tech catch fire, mm-hmm. is the reascendancy of unions. Right. Because right. union membership has gone way, 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 way down, down. Way down. And they're starting to come back. And that, and the, and the reason being is that people are finally they're getting fed up. They right. they just can't keep taking it. Right. And right. so I think that this, to see this, and like I said, to see it happen in Detroit, which is the birth of the union movement, right. is very significant. And also, it's something I'll be talking about later. But the, of course, the union and automobile 
uh, well, the unions is right. responsible for helping creating right. the middle, middle class. The middle class. In Detroit, one of the largest black middle class in the nation, right. and, the, right. and the largest home ownership in the nation because of working in those auto plants. Right. So when they fight for and those a lot of people, people don't re- remember back in those days. And when I say back in those days, I mean until about thirty years ago, mm-hmm. you could literally walk out of your high school graduation, get a job in the plant, and be set for life. Right. And a lot of these guys, they had like they had like their little summer home, right, and and, 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 um, and a boat. And, and uh, snowmobiles, snowmobiles, so and we're, we're in Michigan, right? So. Yeah, right, right. And they, but they had a boat too, and, and boats or, for the summer, or, or whatever. They were able to afford homes, boats, and snowmobiles, snowmobiles. because Michigan is a winter water wonderland. Right. And the point being, I know we have to move on, is that because the people who are opposed to the unions and who are opposed to comparable wages. Right, right. They believe that basically the rich should be that much richer. Et right. Cetera. But what the union and working people are saying is, we're not saying we have to have 12 cars and be at the level of whoever, but why can't they have a good quality of life? Exactly. Why should exactly. they have to work that hard and not get any have anything for it? And again, getting back to the 40% raise. Right, If they right. get your, your raise is going to 40% and theirs are going none and they're doing all this work. And and Henry Ford, when he first started with the assembly line. Right. And, and you're paying workers five dollars a day and workers were coming off me from the and including black workers right, right and so you said and which explains a lot of the demography of detroit now you have black people coming from detroit to get five dollars a day and others they came from all over the world because five dollars a day was an unheard of wage right. at that time nineteen twelve. Right. and he wanted them to be able to afford the vehicles that they were building that, that was his number one thing they need to be able to afford to buy the the cars that they are building right Right. But on the other hand, when unions started forming in the 1930s, he was totally against that. Yes. Because he yes. was yes. the type of, of CEO, company owner and founder, that believed he should have total control, control over his employees. Absolutely. He even yeah. made you know little villages, little homes for them to live in, and he even monitored their their after work activities. Yeah. And so he was he and he hated the unions. Yeah. He was the last one after this. There were big lots of big strikes here in Michigan and other places, but mostly in Michigan because all three of the automakers were here right. in Michigan in the 1930s. And some of them turned very very violent. Some people were killed, but these but the unions finally won and got a concessions and got a contract, their first union contract, first with, with a GM and then with Chrysler and last with Ford. Right. And Ford did not want to sign it. He did not. Right, no. And his his wife said, you sign this or I'm leaving you. Right. And it should be, and it should issue a clarification because you're right with that $5 a day. That wasn't because he was big hearted. Right. That was because I, mean, I was a, I was a brilliant hiring move. Right. Because he knew he, he needed to have workers in those shops. Right. And basically as most smart businesses know, racism is not profitable. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if we get more workers up here who can buy these cars, we build more cars. Right. We make more money. And, and, a, and, and, and cause we're getting, Close to time for the halftime break. But it's the same thing today. When people make more money, that improves the economy. Because now they have money to buy homes, to buy cars. And when you buy a home, you have to buy furniture and all sorts of things. So it spreads out to the entire economy. And even around the, the plants, there are little shops and diners and businesses that live off of the people who work in the plants. So so it's good for the entire economy. Right. Okay. So uh, that was on Tuesday. And now a word from our sponsor, which is us. The <laughs> podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community Branding and Marketing Academy. We offer branding and marketing services to independent authors and creative professionals like us, including valuable ebooks, online training, and 
small group and one-on-one -on -one coaching. And you can find out more with the link and the QR code in the show notes. Keith and I have also published several fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, and non-fiction books. Very soon, we're opening a Shopify website where you can preview and purchase our books outside of Amazon. And as a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And now back to the podcast on Wednesday. Uh, directors of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, are nominated and confirmed for 10-year terms specifically to serve across at least two or three different presidential administrations. Christopher Wray, the current FBI director, was nominated in 2017 by former President Trump and considers himself a Republican, although he is now serving under Joe Biden, a Democrat. Wray's nomination didn't stop the former guy from denigrating him when he declared that the 2020 election was free and fair and was not stolen. Now Ray is warning that the United States has an elevated terrorism threat for the remainder of 2023, not only from foreign terrorists such as Hamas, but also from domestic terrorists, and actually more of a threat from domestic terrorists. Right, right. Domestic terrorism has risen sharply since Trump was elected, including against black and brown people, against Jews and Muslims, and against the LGBTQ plus community. Last week, a man was arrested and jailed in Nevada for leaving several anti-Semitic messages after Hamas's October 7th attack on Israel for the Democratic and Jewish Nevada Senator Jackie Rosen. And foreign, well, the foreign terrorism, well, it wasn't even terrorism until 9-11. Until the, the, the only attack, they're, they're tw twice the United States has been attacked, no, I should say three times, has been attacked on its own soil. When the British attacked us, after we became a, a country during the War of 1812, okay, the British came over here across the Atlantic and attacked us on in our own country. In During the Civil War, the Confederacy, those traitors, attacked the United States government on our own soil. And then, of course, in 1941, on December 7, 1941, a day that shall live in infamy, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor, which was a in Hawaii, which at the time was a territory of the United States. Those, and, and then, of course, there was 9-11, September 11, 9-11-2001. Those are the times in all of our 250-some years history that, almost 250 years history, that the United States was actually attacked on our own soil. From outside. From, from outside, I, I should say, yeah. on our own soil, from outside from mm -hmm. outside countries or, or, mm. or terrorists or whatever. Mm. So, actually, that's not very often com com uh, compared with other countries right. that have been attacked yeah. repeatedly yeah. on their own soil. But the domestic terrorism against from from our own citizens against other of our own citizens has has existed since the beginning of this country, especially against black people, slave revolt revolts, and then after the Civil War, when, when when black people who were given citizenship were killed and mobbed and all of that, all just for exercising their rights against gay people, against women. Remember, women didn't get the right to vote until 1920, the 19th Amendment in 1920, and women had to march, and, and they, they were not, on, on the, for the most part, you know, beaten and shot and things like that, but they were terrorized because they were supposed to stay in their place. And, of course, against 
LGBT and against Japanese and Chinese. And against Native Americans. And, oh, and yeah. the Native Americans. That was out and out genocide. Yeah, the, well, the, the, this, this country was founded on terrorism. T- on, exactly. This country was founded on terrorism and on racism. Right. And that's, and that's what people don't want to talk about. That's what's so great about that book. You and I both become a fan of on Black AF history. Right. I mean, that, but this country was founded on terrorism and racism. And that's what they built. The whole cotton right. industry was picked by slave. That's terrorism. Right. You, right. That, that, there wouldn't have been an economy now right. if it wasn't exactly. for if it wasn't for the cotton industry. Right. That, that that was the largest provider of cotton in the world. But like I said, the, the amount of terrorism. That's and if it was Christopher Ray who was because for the longest everybody was focusing. I think that's what you were getting at. Everybody mm-hmm. was focusing on the the nine eleven, the existential right. threat, the, the the terrorism, the brown people, the right. Islamic people are causing all are going to cause these problems. And Christopher Ray is one of the first to come, actually come out and say said it's not them, it's us. Right, exactly. The, the, exactly. the big the and threat. And he said that before this week. Right. Oh, said, oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That, right. As I'm saying, he said it way before this week that the threat is 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 from local groups. Right. You know, the militia, the white militia, right, right. The, the, the people like in Charlotte, Charlottesville, right, you know. Exa- exactly. Yeah, Those they, are the they ones. were they were they were marching, and and the the people who who are Timothy McVeigh, Timothy, well, even before Timothy, right. I mean, even after Timothy McVeigh, yeah. Charlotte, I was going to say the people who make those. What are those things that they carry? What are those? There's this thing that they carry that have flames. Oh yeah, I can't remember what they get right. Oh yeah, well anyway, torches, <laughs> yeah, those tor- those torches, and they were carrying them, and the, the companies that make them were so upset because mm-hmm. now nobody wanted to buy those right. torches. But as they marched, they were saying Jews will not replace, replace us. us, and so they and, and there was a woman killed during during yeah. that, and then of course Timothy McVeigh. They talked about that on one of the shows mm-hmm. I listened to during the week because April nineteenth. One of the reasons April 19th is important to these domestic terrorists, especially these white supremacist terrorists, mm-hmm. is that April 19th was, and, I, and now I've forgotten what, what that date was, but it happened right during or after World War II, during the Nazis. Mm-hmm. It, I, it wasn't it was Knot, but it was, it, it, it's, the April 19th is the date that something happened, but it was also the date of Waco. Okay. Oh, right, right. But also right. the date of Waco right, right. and also the date of the Ruby Ridge. I was going to say Ruby Ridge. Right, yeah, Ruby Ridge. Right. And so that's why um, Timothy McVeigh chose April 19th to blow up the Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City. And I don't know why he chose that. For, there's a federal building in every city. I don't know why he chose that one in Oklahoma City. But he did. Killed 113 people or 139 mm-hmm. people. Many of them children because there was a daycare center on the first floor. The same like in 9-11, there was a daycare center mm-hmm. on the first floor. And a lot of children were killed in the tower, when the towers fell. So, But these, pe- these people have been planning these things for decades Dickens. and carrying them out. You know, the KKK was a domestic terrorism. <laughs> and that is why a lot of people don't remember this, but oh, oh dear, we've got to hurry up. Yeah. That is why the Department of Justice was founded. Right. We've always had an attorney, when I say we, I mean the American mm. government, has always had an attorney general right from the very beginning. Right. But the Department of Justice was formed with the, with the attorney general in charge after the Civil War, to arrest the terrorists, the KKK terrorists. And I will get back to that because we have to go on to to Thursday. But just remember that here in this country, we are more in danger from domestic terrorism than we are from foreign terrorism. Much more more than foreign terrorism. Thursday. On Thursday. That was yesterday. As as we record this, we record this on Fridays and publish it on Saturdays, so if, if you wanted to know. Saturday, uh, Senate Republicans are finally getting tired of the months-long hold against military promotions by fellow Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama, although he lives in Florida. Mm. Tuberville is upset that the, that the Department of Defense 
allows military people, women of course, to take paid vacation time to travel to other states for reproductive health care and reimburses travel expenses. So Tuberville is single-handedly holding up the usually nonpartisan and regular promotions for military personnel. It's not just the generals and the heads of the different different agencies, military agencies. It's also the people underneath them. Going from a sergeant to a lieutenant is a promotion. Right. Okay. And these delays are ne- negatively affecting not only the military readiness, but also the family lives of affected service people. And one of the reasons for that is that when you... Usually, when you get a promotion, you have to move somewhere. That's why people who are who say they are military brats, they're used to moving almost every year or every two years. And with these promotions being held up, the families don't know where to move. They can't put their kids in school because they don't know where they're going to go or when. And so that affects their li- family lives also. And then one Marine Commandant, who was forced to do two full-time jobs because of these holdouts, actually suffered a heart attack and was ho- hospitalized last weekend just from the stress of doing two full-time jobs. And so Wednesday night, five Republican senators, even though that they agreed that the the, the Department of Defense really shouldn't have that abortion ruling, that's what they said anyway, warned that Tuberville's actions punishes people who are blameless and are not responsible for this decision by the Pentagon, and they are threat. These holdouts are threatening national security and making Xi Jinping of China and Putin of Russia very happy. The problem, again, you and I have talked about this a number of times about what Tuberville is doing, is when you're, ho- when you're holding the military readiness of the country in- hostage just for one issue. Right. And, and that's the problem that's affecting a lot of the country, a lot of us, you mm-hmm. know, well, I want to get, get too far afield. But it's the single issue. Right. Tommy Tuberville is opposed to abortion. So he's going to mess up the entire country. Nationally uh, and internationally. Nationally, internationally, for, because of one issue. Right. He, and, and the fact that he is able to do that is dangerous, number right. one. Right, right. I don't know that, how that works. Right, that draws One to, person. Right, that's something needs to be researched because, number one, that sh- there's no way right. that one person should be able to threaten the military readiness of an entire country. Mm-hmm. And and. As people have pointed out, and when is this happening? This is happening with the, it was the Israeli Hamas war and with the, and with the Russian Ukrainian war right. at a time when we need military readiness more than ever. ever. But this says so much about the idiocy of Tommy Tuberville when you're looking at if, if, if Russia has its way. Right. With Ukraine, it's not like Putin sits back and says, okay, good, I won that war, and he goes and has some caviar. He is going, same as Hitler. Right. Because I won that one. I mean, he's, going for the, he's going for the whole... This country, they'll go to the next right. country, that, the next country. Because that's, that's what precipitates World War Three because right. of the borders. World War II. I'm sorry, no, World War... This is World War... What, right. will, what will precipitate World oh, War what Three? Will precipitate, yeah. You know, because, what, because once he starts crossing those borders... Right, right. Then we have to respond. Right, right. Because... And, and we have to go... We have to go and on, with China. But just, a, but just a reminder that Ukraine is not yet in NATO, okay? Right, right. But it is surrounded by NATO That's countries. That's the point I'm making. And if Putin goes goes through Ukraine and then goes into a NATO right. country, then the United States has to get involved on the ground. Right. And we need to look at the alliance between Putin and China. And, and Putin because and China, yes. because that, that is a huge right. threat. And, and, and because Putin went to China, I think it was last week, he yeah. has he, he has already been accused of war crimes, so there's not very many places he can go. Right. But Ch- he, he could go to China because China wasn't going to arrest him. Right. Okay, now we need to move on to Friday mm-hmm. and what, what happened on Friday. And this is funny, but not funny. Okay. Well, I think it's my turn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a, on Friday, this, this week on Wednesday and Thursday... 
The two oldest sons of Donald Trump testified in the New York civil trial where the former Trump, yeah, the former guy has already been found liable for massive business fraud and spanning the last several decades. This part of the trial is only to determine the amount of financial liability that Trump and the Trump organization will be forced to pay the state of New York. Next week, Trump himself and his daughter, Ivanka Trump, are scheduled to testify. On Thursday, lawyers for Ivanka Trump filed a request that she be excused from testifying because the date would cause her undue hardship because it is a school week. Yeah, watch my tears. A higher, a higher court immediately denied the request Yeah, after they finished laughing and rolling on the floor. Ivanka didn't say it would cause her undue hardship when she traveled to China to register several, register several trademarks while she was also working in the White House or traveling to Europe to attend a conference for which she had no direct responsibility. Besides, she has nannies and housekeepers and a husband who can take care of her children during her brief absence. <laughs> the husband's not taking care of anything. I, I think know. We just <laughs> stop with nannies. Yeah. No one else who was called to testify for any trial is given an out and given an out because they have children in school and go ahead okay this trial um, of all the four trials that he's involved in this trial is giving trump most of the flux even though it's a civil trial and there's no jail time attached to a civil trial the other ones in georgia and florida and dc he could go to jail for that but he's most upset about this because it involves money Okay, he might have to liquidate much of the Trump organization and his properties just to pay this $250 million in liability because he's not as rich as he says he is. And it's his reputation. He he touts himself as a successful businessman, which he is not, but that's his reputation. And this particular trial touches on all of that. And yesterday and earlier this week, he was saying, leave my children alone. These kids are 40 and 50 years old. They are not children. And today, even his lawyer, the woman lawyer, came out to the microphone afterwards and said, the children shouldn't be treated like this. Children, they're 40 and 50 years old. They are not children. That's why it's funny, not funny. It's not funny because he he is a failed businessman. He has defrauded because because his businesses took, uh, took place in New York, or headquarters in New York, defrauded uh, the state of New York out of millions and millions of dollars. Uh, in fees and whatever, whatever businesses uh, uh, pay for, you know, to a state. And so, number one, he doesn't have that kind of money. He's going to have to liquidate something to get that kind of money. He doesn't have that kind of cash on hand, I should say. So that upsets him. And the fact that he's going to have to go to trial and testify himself, this breaks the bubble of him being such a rich man. Mm -hmm. Because the funny thing, this is what people are laughing about. He said that his triplex in the Trump Tower, three-level apartment in the Trump Tower, was 30,000 square feet, when it's really 10,000 square feet. And anybody, you don't have to be a real estate agent to know the difference between 10,000 square feet and 30,000. That's just an out-and-out lie. And so he's he's finally being brought to account for all of his lies and and cons and fraud and crimes over all these years, and now he's being come to account on this. And so he is not a happy camper. Him and his family. And And his family. That's what I'm so glad Mm -hmm, to see. mm -hmm. Right, exactly. So we'll talk about what's going on as, as these trials go on. There's so much more that happened this week, but we can only choose five. We'll just keep on following. <laughs> we'll but keep, keep on following everything. And so th- that's all for this week. And a reminder that when you upgrade your Substack subscription to a paid level, you really help to support us on a financial level. 
And you can also benefit us by visiting our website to see what we can offer you with our valuable products and services in the Branding and Marketing Academy. Check the show notes for links and QR codes. Thanks, and we'll be back next week. Yep, we'll see you next week.